the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are heirs and co-heirs with Christ. And Paul also tells us in Romans that we are heirs by faith in the promises of God. That's our focus today here on Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner. As believers in Christ, you and I are heirs. We, we have a portion in the kingdom of God. We are his children, and we also have an inheritance in him. Today, we take a look at all of this and how it is brought about by faith in the promises of God. The illustration that Paul uses here in Romans chapter 4, verses 13 through 18, is Abraham himself. Let's catch up with Pastor Gary on today's broadcast of Abounding Grace. By faith, Moses, when he, has, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of God's greater riches than the treasures of Egypt. He had respect unto the recompense of the renewed. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Now Christ was yet future to Moses by over a thousand years, and yet he looked toward him. Yes, because that promise had been passed on through Abraham and his family, that the Christ was coming that all of these blessings of the whole world were his. So even though Moses here suffered greatly, he said to himself, it is better to suffer for Christ than to have everything Egypt has to offer. You see, that is what believing in the God who quickens the dead and calls things to existence, even at this point, they don't now exist. Is that what it does to you? And you know, Paul brings this forward, turning back to Romans 4, because we live by this same dynamic. We have Jesus Christ crucified, raised from the dead, and exalted higher than the heavens. But we still have trouble to endure, don't we? We still have hardships. Our marriages are not what they need to be. Our parent relationships are not what they are supposed to be. The world doesn't look at us as those who are one day going to actually judge angels, does it? I mean, our glory in Christ is so veiled today. We have a very little clue, John says in 1 John 3, what we will yet be. All we can do is hold on to Christ. That's what Moses did. That's what Abraham did. We have to have the same faith in the voice of God who calls him into existence what he has promised. The only healthy food for our faith is what God has promised. And his word is more real to us than what we see with our eyes. Abraham said, I'm weak. I'm old. Sarah is barren. And in unbelief, the flesh would say, 
this can't happen. Faith said, God spoke, that is enough. God has spoken and he is, in, he is the one who quickens the dead, including Sarah's dead womb, including my dead physical seed, said Abraham. Later on, including Isaac, whom was willing to sacrifice, received him back as a figure of Christ because God had spoken. Now listen, we can't understand how the meek are to inherit the earth. Not right now. I'm not sure anyone has been able to understand this fully. How are the weak going to inherit the earth? The meek? Come on. The armed? Maybe. Those who revolt? Maybe. But not the meek. Not the teachable before God. How are the nations going to be discipled to Christ? There's a lot of work left to do. And I'm here, beloved, just choosing a few promises the, the church sanctified in the truth, unified in the truth, preserved from Satan's wiles? How is that possible? You might think, well, I certainly can't do it. No, you can't and neither can I. We are as weak as water. If we were that strong in the church and this nation was strong, we would have a lot more influence here, wouldn't we? She would be resisting evil a lot more, but we can't do it in our own strength. We can't play the games of the world. But remember, our bodies are going to be raised incorruptible. And we're going to enjoy life in heaven with God forever. Doesn't that sometimes feel a bit surreal? Especially if you think about heaven on a Sunday afternoon while you're lounging in the backyard. Do you ever think about walking with Peter? Do you ever think about walking with a godly member of your family and talking with them and sharing the glories of Christ who've already gone to heaven ahead of you? It feels like a fairy tale, doesn't it? It is so far removed from our present experience. It just seems so far removed. You can understand why faith is so under attack. But listen, no matter what we see with our eyes, God, by his voice, has called these things into existence by his promise. They're real. And even though I can't see them with these eyes, it is utterly irrelevant. Because as Abraham had to learn, what I see doesn't define reality. What God has done does. Now that I see, not that I see what God but what God says, not what I can do, not what I can endure, not what I can obtain, not what I can scheme for, but the God who quickens the dead. You see, the Holy Spirit through the apostle brings us right back here to these unassailable foundations for faith. The power of God and the word of God. The God who raises the dead and the God who calls into existence the things that do not exist or do not yet exist. Abraham believed in that God, and so he was able to persevere, and he was able to endure. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. And beloved, if Abraham is going to be our father, this is our path as well. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul kind of brings these ideas together here, bringing in verse, beginning in verse 16. 
2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16. For which cause we faint not. But though our outward man perisheth, perish, yet the inner man is renewed day by day. Our light affliction, which is bought for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things that are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Well, you know, that's really not the way the world thinks, right? I could have read that this morning in the Mercury News. After all, the only thing that counts is what you can see, right? The celebrity world, the car world, the sports world, and of course, the political world. It is amazing. I read the other night an excerpt from a book by William Taylor on Peter the Apostle. And it was actually like a 45 slug going right between my eyes. He talked about how the children of this world are very, very concerned to get the news of this world out there for everyone to read. Uh, he was writing in 1875 about newspapers and journals and pictures. And every morning at 6 a.m., he talked about walking and seeing the newspaper boys hurrying to put a newspaper on every door. Of course, today we just turn on our phones and it's right there. But someone, someone is behind the scenes making sure every bit of the news gets loaded onto our website so we can have it instantly. Of course, today, much of it is fake news. Well, here's a question for the church, this church and every church. Are we that consumed, that concerned that men have the news of the other world. Because only the other world is real, the heavenly. This world is not real. Now, what I mean by that is, I don't mean it is a dream, and it's not physical, and God hasn't made it good. I don't mean that. I mean the things of the city of man, its movement, its comings, its goings, its wealth, it's all perishing. It is perishing moment by moment. Christ has made it obsolete. The only thing that is relevant is the city of God and what is going on in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. But looking at the worldly zeal, trying to get out his, his news, his fashions out there, his products out there, doing whatever it takes to make sure that everything is out there to make a buck to earn profitability, to get notoriety, whatever it takes to get it done. And yet, by and large, as Christians, we come to things that are really the lasting things, the things only that will do people any good for all eternity. And yet, oftentimes, the things only that will do people any good for all eternity. And yet, they seem very backwards, very sleepy, very meek, very much... Well, I've got it in my heart. So just let the world burn as long as all is good for me. We need to think seriously. You see, when faith takes hold of the power of God and the word of God, that is what God has spoken and the church is undefeatable. Do you understand that? You are undefeatable. That's why, for example, we homeschool moms and dads. 
Now, the experts don't, don't they say they, we shouldn't do it. Your children won't be socialized enough, they say. Christians' families say no. It's not like the 11th commandment, but we want to honor the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we have to turn a blind eye and a deaf ear to those so-called experts because God has spoken. You've got an unsaved family member and you think there's just no point to witness. They're going to hell and in some respects you think good riddance because I don't know if I want to be in heaven with them anyway. And you know we get bitter about things that go on in the family but we have to go right back to this. The God who quickens the dead. That means he makes dead men alive. And that's what the gospel does. Are we speaking it? I mean, is this a myth to us? Is this just simply a fairy tale? You come and listen on Sunday afternoon. And granted, I love God's word too. But the question is, are we being made alive by this? That God makes, by this, that God makes men alive? Do we believe what he says is reality? And therefore, that defines my duty as a husband, even in spanking my children. None of us want to spank our children. The experts say, don't. God says, do. So let God be true, but every man a liar. God says, tithe. I don't want to. I don't have enough money. God says, let God be true, but every man a liar. And I could go on and on. Because all aspects of our obedience comes down to, let God be true, but every man a liar. If God has spoken, His word is what defines reality. It's not what we feel, not the spirit of our times, but God's word. And that, back to Romans 4, verse 18, is how Abraham became the father of many nations. And as this famous verse says, he hoped against hope. Now, that doesn't mean Abraham was divided. But it does mean on one level that the flesh, his own weakness, would scream out, this is impossible that God would fulfill this promise. But God's word generated hope and said to Abraham, with God, all things are possible. And Abraham heard the voice of God. And he turned his eyes away from his old ways, from his barren wife, from his nomadic circumstances, and he confessed, I don't know how God is going to do this. And I don't know when, but God is going to give me this seed. He says, I'm a sinner, and I can't understand the marvelous way that God is going to make me righteous through my greater seed. But he is going to. I don't own one square inch of land of promise or anywhere on the planet. But God said, this world is mine. All things are mine. Almighty God has spoken. And this is how Abraham became the father of many nations. And we are his children, as Paul says here. If we imitate him in his faith. In our hopeless age when most of the news is bad news or just fake news. Though there is much sin and wickedness around us and in us. God has given us as his church here and throughout the world exceeding great and precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine future.
and to seal these promises. He nailed his son to the cross that by his stripes we might be healed. When God shed the blood of the seed of Abraham, Jesus Christ, he shed his grace upon us. Believe that promise. It is our only righteousness before God. God proclaims through his son by his spirit with a great and mighty voice today, even the silver trumpet of the gospel, even greater things than he said to Abraham. What does God say to us through this passage? He says, believe me, I have not forgotten my covenant Look to my promise of righteousness by faith. Reject all false gospels. Don't let the city of man tell you what is important and what is not important and where the battle needs to be fought. You listen to my word. You walk in obedience to me and you get on your face before me in prayer because that is where my son is the great warrior in my presence before the throne of grace joined with him. God says, trust me, I am working out my purposes to fulfill all the promises that I have made to my son. And I am going to walk with you all the way to my eternal kingdom. Just trust me. God says in your marriage, I know there has been sin. I know there's a lot of weakness, hurt feelings, very personal offenses that are taken and become deeply ingrained. But trust me. I am the God who can make that dead wife alive. I am the God who can make that dead husband alive or in the small area where there is deadness and wounds and bruises and putrefying sores. I can make them alive. I can cleanse them. I can make godliness to be in that marriage. I can make godliness to be in your child. I can make godliness to be in Silicon Valley in the whole of California because my promise is what defines reality. So let, me be, let, us, let it be true of us what happened to Jesus when he went into Nazareth. And this was on the heels of doing incredible miracles throughout Galilee. He turned water into wine. He raised the nobleman's son who had been sick. He pleaded with Jesus to come. His son was dying. Jesus said, no, go your way. Your son lives. He gets to Nazareth. And he says in Matthew 13, he didn't do many mighty works there because of their unbelief now I'm not accusing anyone in here of anything or about what I am going to say maybe I'm actually accusing myself but we can all go to heaven and have everything right between us and God through the blood of Jesus and yet all around us we are allowing God's glory to be trampled into the dust. That's what happens when our faith becomes so insulated and so personalized. You know, it's like, this is my little thing. I've got my Jesus, and I've got my devotions. And all the while, God's glory is just laying out in the dust and trampled on all around us. Beloved, the Father has made all kinds of promises to His Son, he said of the increase of his government and his kingdom, there will be no end. How are you contributing to that? We'll start with your family. You know, a lot of times we start thinking, well, I, I, you know, I've got to do something for Christ as a Christian. Well, do it in your home first. Let your home be the center from which godliness radiates out to others. Brothers and sisters, do you talk to, you, to one another about Jesus? 
Husbands and wives, do you talk about one another, about Jesus, and do you pray together? Father and son and mother and daughter, are you praying together? You know, sometimes we don't want to do things like this at home because other people really know I am not consistent with these things. They know who I really am, and I would just simply look like a hypocrite. Let me tell you, Santa Clara County, the city of San Jose, the city of Los Gatos is made up of homes, of families. So as you are godly in your home, as your marriage is godly, as your parent-child relationships are godly, or at least you're seeking Christ, others see that. But you may say, these things in my life were not really godly. Okay, here are your marching orders for later on today. Is your marriage not godly right now? Well, you and your husband are under a blood oath before Jesus Christ because your, your marriage belongs to him. So you get on your face before Almighty God and you confess your sins to the Lord and ask him to help you. If you don't do anything else, you must do that every day. Oh, help us, Lord God. But it is more than just your marriage that is at stake. It is, the, it is God's glory. It is his promises. And what the church doesn't see right now in this land is that this nation already belongs to Jesus Christ. And the gospel sickle is right here. But Jesus is not going to thrust it in and harvest it if we are filled with unbelief and we allow our vision and expectation to be more determined by what the bad guys are saying than about what God's word says, the God who quickens the dead and the God whose voice calls things that are not as if they were into existence. Who are you going to listen to? I could apply this and I could go a long way with it. But does your home show your belief? Are you encouraging each other? Plant the vine there and let it extend out of your house so that it will reach other homes. If the vine is not planted there and if there is no fruit in you to show the people who know us best, we can't expect to be of any use to our master. The same thing is true in this congregation. You know, Church is a lot more than just coming here and hearing some sermons and talking about things that are going on out there. Beloved, what is that which thrills us or should thrill us? What is that which binds us to our master? What is it that binds us to each other? Is it simply our political views? Is it about our sports teams? Is it a hobby or is it? We want to encourage each other to love and to serve the Savior in our respectful callings, in our respective homes, so that we can be used of Him to see God's promises expand. Because guess what? The world is going to Abraham and his seed, which is Christ. And that means the world is going to you, Christian. And in some generation in the future, if not this one, we are going to partake in more of these promises. And how do you get them? Sitting back on your hands? No, you need to be in a closet, pouring out your heart to God, in your home speaking God's word, doing your work heartily unto the Lord, and walking by faith and not by sight, and trusting that God who quickens the dead. 
It is good to feel your weakness so that you can count or call upon God to give you strength. It's good to be in that place, love, beloved. Are your eyes faltering? Are you seeing too much of the things that are not there and not seeing enough of the things that God has promised and is doing in your life? Recognize that. Focus on His promises and seek Him to come by your house this day and heal your eyes, and He will. He healed Bartimaeus's, and He will heal yours. Amen. Well, this has been Abounding Grace with Pastor Gary Wagner from Reformed Heritage Church in San Jose. As we have closed out our time together today, I would remind you that our desire is to know how this program encourages you in Christ. Now, there are a couple of three ways that you can contact us to provide us with this information. And again, it would really encourage us a great deal if you'd take a moment and let us know how the program is encouraging you in your walk and relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's how to contact us. Phone number is 408 408- Eight six six five six zero seven. That's four zero eight eight six six five six zero seven. Our website, where you can drop us an email and even learn a bit more about us, is reformedheritage.org. And then, of course, you can write to us at PMB. That stands for Post Mailbox Number four zero two fourteen eighty four Pollard Road, Los Gatos, California. The zip code is nine five zero three two. Now, there is another way you can contact us, and this would be the best of all, especially if you're not involved in a church at this time. Plan on visiting. Let us uh, fellowship face-to-face, as it were. We meet at Lone Hill Church, 2 in the afternoon on Sundays at 5055 Lone Hill Road in Los Gatos. Directions can be found at our website, reformedheritage.org, or by calling 408-866-5607. By the way, copies of the broadcast are just $5. Mention today's date when you contact us, and we'll get a CD out to you right away. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.